The college baseball experience on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold hard cash with their new over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group, and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. That's sleeper.com slash SGP. And make sure to download the SGPN app, your home, for all of our free picks and podcasts. Alright, already welcome back to a brand new episode of the College Baseball Experience. And we tune in today with five more new tickets punched to Omaha for the College World Series. We'll get into all of those games and review my locks from yesterday. And then we'll get into the two games that will be played on Monday. I have three bets that I'm going to play. And then I'm also going to give out a podcast parlay as well for those two games. But first, we have to get out, get in front of it now. We suffered a losing day. I know it's tough. Our second losing day in 13 podcasts. We are now, we've won 11. We've had winning days on 11 of our last 13 podcasts here on the College Baseball Experience. Yesterday on the podcast, the overall picks went 7-7. Seven and seven. The locks, it was a rough 1-5. and five. Minus 3.8 units, but if you tailed me on the Notre Dame money line, I hope it provided you some joy. I was going nuts when they won it because uh, I still have that 40 to 1 Notre Dame to win the College World Series alive. Um, but I didn't think that I wasn't going to hit a bet for the rest of the day, so that was a little disappointing. Um, let's review them here uh we had the over 13 in notre dame tennessee that one uh did not hit tennessee didn't participate in the over uh that one that final score was uh seven to three so we were three runs off of that can't really complain about it too much we had notre dame win that one for us that was our next bet at plus 290 on the money line then at minus 110 we had north carolina on the money line they had the lead going into the ninth inning, and then Arkansas walked it back, walked it off, not walked it back. They walked it off, scoring two runs in the ninth inning. Uh, Braden's, Brady Slavens is just unbelievable. He went two for five, had the winning game knock through the uh, right side of the infield, the seeing eye single. Um, then we had uh, the over 14 in Texas East Carolina. East Carolina didn't participate in that over because uh, we were just two runs off and East Carolina only put up one. So if you do the math, Texas beat East Carolina 11-1. to 1, And we also had East Carolina on the money line. Uh, the podcast parlay, we have now lost five of our last six podcast parlays. So a real negative start to today's podcast. Um, five of our last six. We've only hit one podcast parlay during the NCAA tournament. We are now 9 for 11 on the podcast parlays, bringing our percentage down to 45%. So just a real, uh, just disappointing 
uh, last week and a half to the podcast parlays that used to be bringing in money, and now they're just bricking like crazy. Oh, and I almost forgot. This is me coming in and post-production. I forgot to mention the futures that actually went final for me, and all of my futures are final, except for the Arkansas 25-1 to to win the College World Series bet. We had our minus 115 over two and a half games in Oklahoma versus Virginia Tech hit. The minus 145 and under two and a half games for Stanford. UConn missed. The plus 116 Louisville to win their series missed. Plus 100 Arkansas to win their Super Regional Series. That one hit. And minus 105 Ole Miss to win their Super Regional Series. That one hit as well. Back to the regular scheduled programming. Uh, Review the games that went on yesterday. (sighs) By the way. Virginia Tech lost, and they were in that parlay. It was Virginia Tech and Oregon State on the money line. Anyways, Oklahoma just drowned Virginia Tech. They they scored a run in basically every inning besides the second and third inning. Um, Treadway had four hits. He was 4-5. He had two bombs. He had two doubles. He had uh, three RBIs and scored three runs for Oklahoma. And then you had... Uh, Kendall Pettis just making stud play out in the outfield web gem after web gem. He dived over or jumped over a wall, flew in the air like Superman to catch a ball, and then he even hit a home run over the left field wall. Just a little bit of a wall scraper, but that's all it takes to get it done. Um, Yeah, just a real disappointing day for Virginia Tech, who only had two hits total on the day, and they both came from Carson D. Martini, their nine-hole hitter. So uh, I I got the pitcher wrong in my projection here, and that wasn't the only pitcher that I actually got wrong yesterday. Um, I projected Chaz Martinez to pitch to start. Uh, Instead, he came in relief through an inning, had two strikeouts, but the guy that started was Cade Horton, who went six innings, and he had eight strikeouts. He was throwing mid-90s and even hit 98 on a pitch. But, like, this guy came out of nowhere. He has a 6 ERA on the team. I, 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 I mean, I just I, – I, I'm speechless that this guy came in and shut down a Virginia Tech team that was just hitting the shit out of the ball all year long. Um, and then, meanwhile, I also got the pitcher wrong for Virginia Tech, I believe. I thought that Gieber was going to come in relief, but he started, gave up three home runs, four earned runs, and three innings, and it was just not not a good start for the Hokies, and the bats just never got going. Hashtag free the hammer. But Virginia Tech is now eliminated in Oklahoma. Again, they're red hot. Just, I don't know, you could say I slept on them a little bit, but, I, I mean, I knew that they were hitting, I just doubted their pitching staff a little bit. And then they come out with Cade Horton out of nowhere, and he goes out there and shoves for six innings against one of the best offenses in the country. The next game, I already mentioned it. I had North Carolina on the money line against Arkansas. Arkansas went out there and won 4-3, to three, scored two runs in the bottom of the ninth to walk that one off in North Carolina's own park. That one always hurts. Um, fun fact, the Razorbacks only had three walks during this game total for their whole pitching staff, and all three of them were dealt to Vance Honeycutt. So it's hard for North Carolina with their best hitter on their team to do anything when he just gets walked three times in the game. 
Um, because behind him, I mean, Soretti, Ozuna, Madej, Frick, they were all hitting. Uh, only the middle of the order was really hitting. And uh, just not too many runs for the Tar Heels there. And, I mean, Schaefer did his job. He went 4.1, only gave up two runs. Um, the length of his start was kind of diminished by rain delays there. We had like a one-hour rain delay and then like a one-and-a-half-hour rain delay uh, when these guys went. We we got Schaefer right. We got McIntyre right. I think Schaefer, Schaefer was confirmed. McIntyre we projected. McIntyre went 5.2, didn't give up a single run, had four strikeouts, two walks, and uh, – Everybody that came in for the Razorbacks, besides Hagen Smith in the eighth inning, or uh, no, Hagen Smith had to run charge to him in the ninth inning when he started the inning, um, and then Morris came in for the win in that ninth. A lot, of, a lot of their guys, their just role relievers, came in and just did their job. Didn't give up a run, uh, picked up a couple of strikeouts along the way. Uh, this Arkansas team, like we had them winning this series, even though I thought North Carolina was going to lo- uh, win this game. We had Arkansas winning the series, and we also have College World Series uh, championship future on them at plus 2,500, 25 to 1. Really like that because in the press conference post game, Dave Van Horn said he's doing it for last year's team that didn't get a chance to go to Omaha because they were upset by NC State. Um, and there was a couple of seniors, Jalen Battles and Brady Slavin, that just said this is why they came back for their extra year to go to Omaha. And now they're now they're going, and the Omahogs are going to be dangerous in Omaha, especially without Tennessee there. Um, it's going to be an SEC West Fest, and Arkansas was leading that division for most of the year, even though they didn't technically play very good ball all year i've been doubting this team and doubting their offense and the offense has come alive and we've been riding their hot streak so we're going to continue to do that when they're in omaha there um the next game we had the huge money line dog in Notre dame um tennessee came out hot they scored a run in the bottom of the first Notre dame responded scoring a run in the top of the second um Then Tennessee, they scored in the bottom of the second to make it two to one. Uh, then in the bottom of the fifth to make it three to one. And here I was like, this one's going to be on ice. The over is dead. Notre Dame's just going to croak and die. And then Chase Burns was dealing up until the seventh inning when he gave up two bombs to uh, Lamana and Brannigan. And Brannigan's was a a bomb <laughs> over the over the left center wall uh, over there by the porch. Just this middle of the lineup for Notre Dame between Miller, Carson Putz, Jack Ziska, uh, Lamana, Brannigan, all of them hit, and they all hit today. And if I would have told you or asked you this question, how many hits combined would have would Jordan Beck, Drew Gilbert, and Trey Lipscomb have combined? in an elimination game you would have probably said like three four five the answer was zero and that's probably why the volunteers ended up losing this game is that their their star players didn't show up today and uh that's the game of baseball man i I mean i i liked watching this team whenever they were on uh espn i was watching them because they were fun to watch they were entertaining they were news like they like you had to watch them because something happened in their game that everybody wanted to talk about. 
and uh, that's always a fun brand to play in baseball. But when you're cocky like that and you're rounded first base flipping guys off and you're slamming bats and you're I don't know screaming at umpires and uh, your 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 coaches complaining about other teams' style of play even though that they're quite honestly worse uh in that manner and you guys walk around with a fur coat after you hit a home run throwing a a a hat with the word daddy on it i mean when you lose people are gonna bury you and that's kind of what is happening with tennessee um i feel bad for some of those guys because they had such a good year but uh 57 and 9 and they're not going to the college world series Congratulations to Notre Dame and uh, Tennessee's going to be back because they have a lot of young pieces. But some of these guys are going into the draft, and this is going to go down as one of the best teams ever to not make Omaha. Um, the next game we had uh, the three seed that I called Ole Miss. They're going to Omaha, uh, the sixty fourth team into the tournament. You can't make this shit up. Did not even deserve a spot, but. They got hot at the right time in the tournament, and uh, they beat Southern Miss 5-0. to zero. They put up three on Tanner Hall in the fifth, and they scratched out two more in the uh, sixth and eighth. Um, I, I, it, it was such a cool moment, even though he went 0-4 today, that Tim Elko caught the final out of the game, and you just get that picture of him raising his arms because he's like – literally one of the best players in Ole Miss program history. He's finally getting to go to Omaha, and that's so cool. And this is, uh, even though they didn't, in my opinion, deserve to get into the tournament, this is a really cool story because they were a team that was ranked number one in the country back in early March, and their starting pitching staff, they needed to figure it out because they fell apart, and... Mike Bianco, their coach, flipped everything around, changed up their batting order, changed up their weekend rotation, get on a little bit of a roll. Um, Then they dropped a few before the NCAA tournament. They got gifted the appearance, and now they've taken it in stride. Um, Bench, uh, Johnny Bench's grandson, went three for five yesterday with an RBI and a run scored and then uh gonzalez went two for four with an rbi and a run scored um yeah i mean this old miss team has something special going on i will say this though i don't expect them to do much in omaha just like you need more than two starters and definitely in omaha like they were able to get through the coral gables regional by winning three straight games but Derek diamond is not a legit third guy and oh my god how did i not mention tommy elliott had the start of a lifetime the freshman went 7.1 with 10 strikeouts zero walks three hits no runs the kids shoved for the rebels and that was huge because Ole miss needed to win this game if if this went to a game three and they had diamond going against hunter riggins for golden eagle for the golden eagles this this was southern miss's super regional loose so that was a huge, huge pitching of performance by Elliott. And then the last game that I'm going to cover in the first half of the podcast here, Texas just drowned. Again, I'm going to use that word drowned because it was so bad of a beating. They beat East Carolina 11-1. to um, This one was weird because they got rain delayed for an hour. 
they came back. They played half of the top of the first inning where uh, um, Danny Beal, he, like, walked a guy and then gave up a hit. There's two runners on. And the Hispanic Titanic, Ivan Melendez, deposited a three-run bomb over the fence. And uh, <laughs> that was the start of it. I mean, after the rain delay, East Carolina went out and got that third out in the inning. And their pitcher was pumped up, got the crowd back into it. There was a good crowd for all nine innings of this blowout. So props to the jungle in East Carolina. Um, it, it just really felt like a uh, Texas was big brother and East Carolina was little brother because he just kind of felt bad for East Carolina that they had all their fans there and they just couldn't do anything against the guy that I I wrote off. I wrote off Tristan Stevens. I didn't think he was going to start today. I thought they were going to give it to Travis Steele. Um, Stevens, if you listen to this podcast two weeks ago, I thought that he would have the start of a lifetime in the Big 12 tournament, and he went out there and got shelled in the first two innings, and they pulled him, and I thought he was done. I thought he was a reliever for the rest of the year like he had been before the Big 12 tournament for the second half of the year after he was rough starting in the first half of the year. Um but if if Stevens is is going to pitch like this as a starter, I feel really good about my thirty to one Texas to win the College World Series. Um, wrote about that in the College World Series article. Uh, but yeah, Melendez three RBIs in the first inning. Texas, I mean East Carolina got that momentum in the bottom or in the top of the first, going into the bottom of the first. They put up a run. They left a couple of runners on base. I forget how many in that inning. And then Texas went out there and put up five more in the second inning, and it was 9-1 to one going into the bottom of the second, and it just felt insurmountable. And I felt bad for the Pirates, honestly. And Cliff Godwin, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. He was out of it, honestly. Like, that guy's been through so much, so much torment in his coaching career over at East Carolina. They've now lost seven Super Regionals. They've been to, I think the number is 34 regional appearances in the NCAA tournament, and they've made zero appearances in Omaha. Just uh, tough, tough, tough times in East Carolina. And I I mean, the jungle had fun tonight because they had basically 12 hours of just drinking, and uh, that's always fun. And there was unlimited amount of horns down this weekend <laughs> in Greenville. Just uh, was not quite able to get the job done in game two, which sucks because I, I feel bad for calling that, that demons and ghosts for them would show up in game two, which ended up happening. And I thought they would be able to win game three. It just wasn't the case. Um, before we get into today's games, I need to talk to you guys about win bet. Make sure to get down on wins. Bet $50, win $200 promotion, where a $50 bet qualifies you up to $200 in free bets. Bet $500 on the sports or casino in the win bet, and that's before July 31st, 2022, and get entered into the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Win Resorts for you and your entire league. Multiple entries are allowed. 
All users also can bet $100 on the NBA or in the casino and be entered into a prize drawing to attend DJ Diesel, a.k.a. Shaquille O'Neal's performance at Encore Beach Club at night, as well as a meet and greet with DJ Diesel himself this summer. There's so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to get started. The offer of subject change terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where win th- where play through winbet is available if you or someone you know has a gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 now on to sleeper sleeper is the fast, fastest growing platform today with millions of players you probably already have a fantasy league on there and i use it for some of mine it's a game changer product unlike anything else in the industry and now you can make money on sleeper too by playing their new over under game and it's super simple first in any sport choose two or more players that you like and pick the over or under for example the number of points scored in basketball or hits recorded for a player in baseball then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest if you pick correctly you can win any from two times to over 20 times the amount of money you put in the main reason i'm excited about the over under on sleeper is that it's the only app where i can join my buddies contest and play together it's got a built-in group chat where i can see and copy my friends picks with a tap of a button it's insanely fun to ride out together so stop what you're doing and download sleeper now to play their new over under game have fun with your friends and make some money use our promo code sgpmlb and get your 100% deposit match at sleeper.com slash SGP. Also, good news. We have the Manscaped advertisements back. Gentlemen, Father's Day is just around the corner, and our friends at Manscaped are here to ensure all the father figures out there are looking daddy material this June. Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, which includes their signature Lawnmower 4.0, is the perfect bundle to tackle any and all old man hair from head to toe this right here is no dad joke treat him and yourself and join the four million men worldwide who trust manscaped with this offer get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code sgp at manscaped.com trust me his dad bod will thank you manscaped is designed with fathers in mind and performance package 4.0 is here just in time for your pop's special day Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code SGP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use SGP. Shake what your mama gave you? Nah, shake what your daddy gave you. All right, let's jump into this first game here. We have at 4 o'clock p.m. on ESPN2, UConn at Stanford. Uh, Stanford is minus 245 on the money line. UConn is plus 185. The total is 12.5. The under is slightly juiced at minus 110, and the over, or the under is slightly juiced at minus 120, and the over is minus 110. The run line is at minus 1.5 for Stanford at minus 145, and UConn plus 115, plus 1.5. UConn is 50 and 15 this year. 16-5 Sixteen and five out of the Big East versus the number two overall seed Stanford, who's forty six and sixteen, twenty one and nine out of the Pac twelve. We only have two games today, so I'm getting really in depth with some matchup stuff, and you're gonna love this because this is a sneak peek into what we're gonna be doing for the Omaha games with only like four games or two games on the slate for each day. We're gonna get deep, and you guys are gonna love the analysis that we give you and the handicaps that we give you on this podcast from here on out on the road to Omaha. 
Much like UConn did to Stanford in Game 1, yesterday in Game 2, Stanford jumped all over the Huskies' ace, Austin Peterson. Two runs in the first inning and six runs in the second inning. It was just not Peterson's day as he finished just 1.1 innings and gave up seven hits and seven runs. The Stanford stampede in the first two innings was topped off by the stud freshman Benny Montgomery's three-run laser beam into the trees after the home run. Peterson started barking with the home plate umpire. The umpire ejected or ejected Peterson, and then the frustrated Huskies pitcher pouted all the way to the dugout, spiked his glove against the dugout wall, and proceeded to walk off the field with his bag of equipment to the showers. He's now suspended for four games, so he's not, he's not even going to be allowed in the dugout, I don't believe, for this next game. And he's going to be suspended for three games in Omaha if UConn makes it to the College World Series. Um, UConn only tallied up four hits, and Stanford finished with 13. Head coach David Esker made an interesting pitching move by starting Ty Uber in Game 2 for Stanford instead of Drew Dowd. Uber only got two outs in the first inning, and then Stanford had to turn to the bullpen. In 18, in, in 18 innings of the first two games, the Cardinal bullpen has pitched 16 of them, and that's already not the deepest of bullpens for the trees uh, to be relying on. The worst part is is that they used their closer, Quinn Matthews, for the final two innings of this game when they were winning 8-2. to two. They threw 40, or he threw 45 pitches, so it'll be tough for him to make that turnaround after only like 12 hours of rest here. So I'm projecting that Drew Dowd gets the start. I mean, uh, I projected him yesterday. He didn't get the start. So today I think he's going to get the start. He's 6-0 and on the year. With a 5.01 ERA, 70 strikeouts, 30 walks in 68.1 innings pitched, and I'm projecting for UConn Enzo Stefanoni to start. He's six and one with a 3.20 ERA, 61 strikeouts, 15 walks in 84.1 innings pitched. As for rested arms for UConn, they still have one really good one in Ian Cook. The kid is seven and one with a 3.38 ERA, 54 strikeouts, 16 walks, and 53.1 innings pitched. And yes, he's a kid. He's a he's a true freshman. Uh, amazing line there from the guy. Uh, they could also go back to their game one relievers, Garrett Coe, who threw 50 or 45 pitches with a 3.28 ERA, 35 strikeouts on the year, and 19 walks. Um, or they could go with Devin Kirby, who only threw seven pitches on Monday with a 4.91 ERA, 35 strikeouts, six walks um, this year. Or they could go with Justin Willis, who threw 24 pitches on Monday with 44 strikeouts and 11 walks on the year. Stanford's in a worse position than UConn because they're going to have to rely on Dowd to give them at least five innings and then go to Joey Dixon and hope that he's a dog with his 353 ERA, 44 strikeouts, and 19 walks in relief this season. Uh, they could maybe throw Uber in relief, uh, his 22-pitch start. Uh, I mean, you could maybe come back after a day there, but uh, if the team just tagged you the day before, I uh, wouldn't really have much confidence in you to come back the next day and uh, get a couple of outs for the Cardinal. Uh, I don't see him or any other guy really that I didn't mention to be effective today. Either they don't have enough uh, sufficient rest or uh, they're just not that good. So either, I mean, I'm going to welcome this UConn plus money price and uh, 
They're they're plus one eighty five one eighty five on the money line, and I'm going to take the over twelve and a half because I think they put up runs, and Stanford's going to hit. Like, uh, yes, uh, they have, and UConn has Stefanoni and Cook and all their first game relievers that are really good, but Stanford's going to hit, and I feel like this over twelve and a half is in good territory, and I don't know why. Uh, we get it at minus one ten, but we're gonna, we're going to take that before we get into the. Auburn Oregon State game. The college baseball experience is brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplements. So, what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptions to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It costs you less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com SGP. Again, that is athleticgreens.com SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Also, did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all of your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from their falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online, and it's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed on your computers, tablets, phones, and even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's just like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use, and all you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com SGP and use the promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com SGP. Okay. Next game we have Auburn, the 14th overall seed. They're 41 and 20 on the year and 16 and 13 out of the SEC. They're playing against the 3 overall seed Oregon State, who's 48 and 17 and 20 and 10 out of the Pac-12. Oregon State is the home team for this game and they're favored at minus 160 on the money line. Auburn is plus 130. The total is at 11.5, and and the over is slightly juiced at minus 120. The under is at 11.5, minus 110. Um, Oregon State, minus 1.5 is plus 105, and Auburn plus 1.5 is minus 135. After being scratched from the Game 1 start, Cooper Jerpy did, in fact, start Game 2, where he pitched well. Uh, He had six punchies in 5.2 innings. 
only giving up three runs on three hits. In the start, Jerp set the Oregon State school record for strikeouts in a season at 160, and now it's at 161. Uh, I won't speculate on what happened at the end of the outing, as in my opinion, it didn't look good. At 88 pitches mid the sixth inning, with runners on base, Cooper called out the team trainer and pulled himself from the game. In the mound meeting, uh, Jerpy covered his mouth with his glove while speaking to the trainer, then gave his left arm a slight tug to demonstrate something to the trainer. In a concerned look, the trainer walked the southpaw off the mound to a standing ovation and a curtain call in what will probably be Jerpy's last time pitching in front of the home fans. Ben Ferrer came in in relief, giving up uh, the runs Jerpy left on base, but then went unscathed through the next three innings to aid the Beavers to a 4-3 victory. But for me, the story of the series so far is how little of their best arms that Oregon State has used so far and still managing to make Sonny Deshera go 0-7 since his first inning home run in Game 1. On the offensive side, Jacob Melton tied Atlee Russian's Adley Rutschman's school record for RBIs in a season with 82 with a backside bomb to the opposite field. Justin Boyd also went three for five and his hit streak was extended to 12 games in the first at bat of the game. A notable hitter for Auburn was designated hitter Brooks Carlson who went two for four with a run scored. The pitchers I project for this game are for Auburn, Mason Barnett, who's 3-2 with a 4-13 ERA, 74 strikeouts, 28 walks, and 68.1 innings pitched. And for Oregon State, Mitch Canham could either start their stud freshman Jacob Kmatz, who's 8-2 with a 4-19 ERA, 65 strikeouts, 20 walks, and 77.1 innings pitched. Or, or, And he was recently touched up by Vanderbilt for five runs and 3.1 innings. Or they could go with their sophomore midweek starter, Jaron Hunter, who's 2-1 on the year with a 4-0-1 ERA, 46 strikeouts, 10 walks, and 51.2 innings pitched. Uh, he pitched 3.1 innings against Vandy uh, last Monday and only gave up two runs. So whoever pitches, don't expect them to go too much longer than two times through the order. And when they get to Cade Foster for his third at bat, I don't expect the starter to be in because, you know, Cade Foster, he's had a he had a good game one. And then... Uh, you got the the big bad Sonny D behind him, and you do not want him seeing a pitcher for the third time in a game. Um, Oregon State, they have a few trusted relievers that they haven't used this series. Uh, Reed Sebi, who has a 318 ERA, 39 strikeouts, 14 walks, and 39.2 innings pitched. And uh, Brown, who is who has a 523 ERA, but he's been coming on as of late, 36 strikeouts and 12 walks on the year, and their Game 1 relievers should be rested with uh, A.J. Lattery after 13 pitches in Game 1 with a 257 ERA on the year, 24 strikeouts, 8 walks, and 28 innings pitched. And then Brock Townsend, who had 48 pitches with a 440 ERA, 36 strikeouts, 7 walks. And Mitchell Verberg, who had 36 pitches with a 561 ERA, 37 strikeouts, 14 walks. But uh, definitely expect Sebi and Brown to go here as they have not pitched yet this series. They could all, all three of those guys that pitched in game one could reappear here in game three for the Beavers. For Auburn, their um, 
rested and ready arms, I guess you could say, because none of their best relievers have not thrown yet. They had to go 8.1 innings in relief in game one, and then they brought in, I think it was four or five relievers in game two after Joseph Gonzalez went five innings. So uh, this is not a very rested bullpen here. The guys that could go here are their closer, Blake Burkhalter, who has a 4.14 ERA, 61 strikeouts, 7 walks, and 41.1 innings pitched after 26 pitches in Game 1. Um, he he did give up a run in Game in game 1 in the ninth inning, so Oregon State's already seen him. They have confidence against him. Carson Skipper could also come into the game here for Auburn. Uh, he had a 4.44 ERA this year with a 58 strikeouts, 12 walks, and 50.2 innings pitched. He went a good three innings and 42 pitches in game one. And last but not least, their lefty, who shut down the middle of the order for the Beavers, all their left-handed hitters there, Tommy Sheehan. It would be a, a stretch if they brought him on in game three after 54 pitches in game one. But he went 3.1 scoreless in game one, and he has a 4.50 ERA on the year with 26 strikeouts in 32 innings pitched. The only problem is his control is on and off with 22 walks in the 32 innings pitched. In my opinion, if the Tigers trot him back out there on the mound, Oregon State will have much better at bats and approaches. And in review of all of Auburn's best relievers already, I, I think there's some there's some use on them and Beavers hitters have seen them already and they could readjust and have success against these pitchers. Whereas OSU, they still have their two reliable re- relievers and an extra starter who could be rolled out and give quality innings to the Beavers. I like Oregon state to win this game and I'll pick the under 11 and a half as well. So as we wrap up this podcast, I want to, I want to start today with the podcast parlay. We're going to switch it up. Although I'm not going to bet this podcast parlay just going to put it out there um i i do the parlays for you guys because normally i i just bet stuff straight and i've gotten burned on the podcast parlay the last six of the seven podcasts and i'm just thinking to myself like why why do i personally bet these uh podcast parlays and i personally bet them because i give them out on the podcast and if i give something out on the podcast and i say like yeah i'm I'm locking it or like I throw it in this back half segment of the episode. I want to bet it, but um, I'm just not a parlay guy. And plus both of the plays in this parlay, um, I'm going to have as my locks anyways. So in this parlay, the podcast parlay, it's plus 210. We have Oregon State minus 160 on the money line. And I like the over 12.5 at minus 110 in Stanford to UConn. Again, that's plus 210. That's a parlay. I'm not playing it, though, because I have three plays that I'm going to have for today's slate, a half-unit play, a one-unit play, and a one-and-a-half-unit play. The first lock of the day, we're going to go plus 185 on UConn money line. That's a half-unit. Then the second lock, we're going minus 110 on the over 12.5 in Stanford-UConn for a unit. And the third lock, we're going minus 160 Oregon State on the money line for one and a half units. Uh, Thank you guys for listening to the College Baseball Experience. I really enjoy the audience that you guys have given me, and I'm having a ton of fun interacting with you guys on Twitter, in the Slack channel. Join up our uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network Slack channel. You can uh, 
join the hashtag college baseball channel. There's also plenty of different hashtag channels in the SGPN group, whether you guys are wanting to bet on the MLB. Uh, I'm also part of the MLB gambling podcast in the sports gambling podcast network. We have an MLB channel. We have an NFL channel. We have a hockey channel. We have NBA channel. Like we have a college basketball channel, college football channel, everybody. There's a ton of DJs in there. I think there's over a thousand and we have over 50 in the college baseball group chat. And it is loads of fun to just talk about college baseball while it's going on. We were, uh, talking about uh what was there was uh oh the it was the stanford texas state game that was so fun and the slack channel at like one in the morning very very fun um but yeah i mean that's it for me today uh leave a like rating review uh on the podcast wherever you're listening to the podcast follow me on twitter at 77nb again i'm your host noah beanick and uh, follow the show on Twitter at TCE on SGPN because once the college baseball season's over, I mean, he's already started doing them, but Colby is doing a podcast episode with his buddies and he's bringing on some teams, uh, beat writers and stuff for every team in the nation. So he's going to have 131 podcast episodes for all 131 FBS teams. And he's also going to mix in a couple of FCS episodes as well. So uh, it'll be fun. And even after the college baseball season, I'm going to be managing the Twitter account. So a lot of the clips that you'll see posted are from me, whether for whatever sport it is. Um, but yeah, that with uh, I think that's all that I need to say at the end of the podcast. Uh, you've been experiencing the better side of college baseball with the college baseball experience. And with that, adios amigos.